Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Tipsy Ghost. We're your tipsy hosts, Sarah, Sarah, and Lindsay. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. I have some questions. You always have questions. I love these questions. I talked about you the other day because somebody asked like a random like, would you rather question? And everybody was like, oh, my gosh. And I could answer it right away. And I said, listen. My friend likes to ask me these questions. And <laughs> you got to be ready. They were not answer. near as weird as yours. <laughs> like, what kind of legs would you have? That's so sweet. Um, Horse. Horse. <laughs> Don't even think about it. My first question's really easy. <laughs> okay. Who's the fifth person on your missed calls? Probably a spam. My Permission guess. to look. Yeah, of course. It Wait. is my sister. Your missed oh, calls. Missed. Oh, missed. Oh, I was looking at all... Uh, some Walgreens. doctor's office, yeah. Walgreens. I miss my mom's call. Oh, my mom was number um four, six, seven, eight, nine. <laughs> so she just missed the fifth spot. I have same situation for my daughter. Nine, ten, eleven. <laughs> yes. Mine was Walgreens telling me to come pick up your medication. I said I didn't know it was you there. Need your meds. I didn't know it was there. What music would you choose to play every time you walk into a room? Mm. Taylor Swift. Okay. Of course. Which one? She's going to okay, make a pick about it. I choose Sandstorm. Wow. It's a big song. Okay, but it starts out slow, right? So I can just walk in all inconspicuous. What are you going to do when the beat drops? Uh, so that's going to distract everybody. They're going to be like, oh, this is a sick beat. And then they're going to dance. And then all. They won't even notice you. Right. You're going to pick a song that doesn't have lyrics. That's my karaoke song. Okay. <laughs> Mine's Miss Americana. Okay. Okay. Lindsay? I don't know. What about jock jams? <laughs> I was thinking. Pump up the jams. Up the jams. I was thinking. It used to be I the greatest entrance song. But I get up again. Very you random, but I love down. it. I, I, everybody loves that song. It is a crowd pleaser. I like it. Next. Do you think you would be friends with a clone of yourself? <sighs> Same personality not. and everything? Yeah. No, I drive myself crazy. Probably. <laughs> I think I'd be fun. <laughs> I think I'm a fun time. <laughs> I think I'd really have fun with myself. You guys would just listen to Taylor Swift together and we talk about Taylor Swift. Probably just only hang out with each other from there on out. Just talk be us about two. German. Oh, wait. Yeah. So you wouldn't need me and Boydson? No, she wouldn't. If she had herself. <laughs> We are like a combination of her personalities. <laughs> I'm her bad side. You're her good side. Oh, what do you mean her bad side? Like her, like, I don't know, sarcastic <laughs> side. Well, then I do need you because otherwise, who am I? <laughs> I have no personality <laughs> without the two of you. It's true, though. Would you be friends with yourself? I think that we would both think the other hated we would You'd hate both be each other. too insecure of friends with each oh, other. Oh, she hates me. She hates me. She doesn't yeah. talk to me. Oh, she's really standoffish. Yeah. She's really hates you me. You need somebody outgoing to befriend you first. You're not going to befriend anyone first. Well, well, I'm friends with you guys. But you listen. want my clone to friend you? <laughs> but how am I can friend her? I'll be like, my friend, my clone friend, um, I know you'd love her. <laughs> but listen. You're just like her. <laughs> you befriended me first because you invited me That's out. That's true. So you're going to have to hop in and be like, my clone friend um, knows somebody that's just like you and mm -hmm. you would love her. Yes. We'll send our clones to befriend your clone. <laughs> <laughs> and then we can all be clone friends. <laughs> and real friends. How many so times are you going to say clone friend? As many times as I want. <laughs> Lizzie doesn't like her clone friend. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's not my clone friend. It's my clone. They're not friends. They're clone enemy. <laughs> I just clone listen. I drive myself crazy <laughs> listening to all of the recordings of myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so annoying. Imagine that in real time. Me by me with me. Oh, I'm here right now. <laughs> That's funny. Is it going to make me self-conscious? It's okay for me to say I don't like me. It's not okay for you to say that. that. I just think it's funny how we all have our own little (laughs) perceptions of what we are like. Final question. (laughs) Yes. What do you think is the ugliest part of your body? What? Why are we having sharing time on the Tipsy Ghost? It's like none of the obvious things. My nose. Oh, really? Yeah. On the inside, there's lots of hairs. (laughs) Nobody sees the inside. That is protective. Oh, I wax them, and then they grow back. You're not protected. Ouch. <laughs> we were supposed to do that. Actually, there was an episode we talked about this, and you promised you would wax our I nose see, hair. I want to see upstairs. you do it. I want to see you do it. I don't want to do it, but I want to see you do it. Lindsay, you have said you want to do it before. My nose hairs do not bother me. You look like you have a lot. There's tons coming whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> you need to wax them. <laughs> Hold up there. Both of you go take a lap and think about what you just said to hurt my feelings. I'm just trying to peer pressure you. <laughs> I can't actually see that far. You know this. It's peer pressure. I'm going to go get my clone. You've got a lot, of, a lot of hair on your head. I feel like you've got a lot in your nose, too. Just because I have hair on my head does not mean I have hair in my nose. That's There's no correlation. I don't. I have more hair in my nose than on my head. I can braid my <laughs> nose hairs. <laughs> you have more nose hair than hair head? I'm what? Hair head. <laughs> Okay, nose hair. <laughs> so hair you head. are self-conscious because of the hair in your nose, not because of the shape of your nose, like most people. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay. I was going to go with shape. I also don't... Oh, for me? For me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, not, it's not bad. It's just you... It's there. It's, it's there. there. Ryan has it too. So is yours, down. your answer your nose as well? What? Is your answer yes. your nose as well? <laughs> I think you were saying my aunt <laughs> is your <her> nose. <laughs> I was like... What? Answer? Uh, yeah, I would say that. I have several. Okay. But that's one. I was going to say, do I have to pick one? That's the most PG one. Yeah. <laughs> I've got some complaints. <laughs> we have drunkenly I have talked a bone about this. to pick with you, <laughs> creator. Um, I would say I have a lot of moles that I would like. Mole, mole, mole. mole. <laughs> I hate you both so much. Listen, try to be vulnerable. This is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I have a bunch of moles that I would like removed, including ones on my face. <laughs> and you guys are being buttheads. I don't mind the freckles, but I have giant moles. <laughs> you guys are buttheads, and I hate you. We're going to have the podcast without Lindsay. I'm going to go hang out with my clone and read a book. Have fun waxing your the nose hairs. The <laughs> is not because we agree with you. <laughs> I promise you. It's because he quoted Austin Powers. <laughs> Like, I've never been quoted that before when I mention a mole. <laughs> Can we? Maybe. I understand. <laughs> no, it's too late to be empathetic. You missed that train. It's gone. Anyhow, well. That was fun. I'm now so we glad know. we did that. <laughs> Please tell me your story to take my mind off my nose hair and my moles. The Rapunzel nose hair. Remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> you had a very long yes, nose hair. Yes, nobody told me. Maybe my mutton chops. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> the gray one. 
Well, no, I just have long mutton chops. <laughs> Didn't you tell us you found a gray one in there once? Yes, I do. And lately, we found a gray one. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. where they grow. That's the only place I get my gray hair. <laughs> but nowadays, <laughs> I have been getting them like right here in my part, and I've been plucking them out. Well, I got them everywhere. Well, maybe not in my mutton chops, but I do have them up in my part. <laughs> I can't wait to hear your story. Let's take the focus off me okay, and my okay. mutton chops. So I've got a list of, like, I've got a note in my phone that is a list of ideas for stories. Okay. Right? The first one I have says, and I quote, true crime solved by dental records for Sarah. Very important. (laughs) I wondered when this would happen. Yes, we just talked about this. Yes, you said. I said it was very important. Noted. She wants to know, not Ted Bundy. Yeah. But another one. You found a story quick. I feel like we just talked about that. Well, I Googled it. Okay. And then I found the story and I was reading and then I discovered something special about it and I thought it is the greatest story ever. This is it. So are we going to talk about true True crime? crime? Yes. Thank you. Thanks for the cue. You're welcome. I've got some trigger warnings. Child abuse, sexual assault, murder. Murder and and the true crime, yes. Various terrible things. Noted. Okay. Warned. On July 29th, 1994, 33-year-old Jesse Tamindequa invited his seven-year-old neighbor, Megan Conka, over to see a puppy. Mm-mm. I don't like the story as it is. I apologize for both those names because I'm going to say them a lot and I, th- I don't know that I'm saying them correctly. Can we just say Megan and Jesse? Or no? Okay, you do what you want. It's your story. You you do you. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Um, once she was inside of the house... He slapped her and sexually assaulted her. I hate the story. He then strangled her so she wouldn't be able to tell her mom what he had done. And then he took her body to a local park and left it there. (laughs) That same day, Megan's parents found her bike in the front yard, but they couldn't find her. And so the police were notified and several neighbors joined in on the search for Megan, including Jesse himself. Of course he did. Inserted himself into the investigation. Yep. That sounds right. At some point, someone told the police about a Joseph Cefeli who had been charged with sexual assault of a five-year-old back in 1976. So this guy lived in his mother's house, which just happened to be across the street from the Concas. His roommates were Brian Jennon, also a convicted sex offender, and Jesse. Great company. So these three guys are living together. They shouldn't be allowed to live around kids, but okay. At their house, investigators ended up finding cut up strips of cloth in the trash. Megan's mother recognized the material as uh, the shorts Megan had been wearing earlier that day. They also end up finding blood stains and hair samples. So now their house is connected to this whole situation. But it's like it's one of the three child molesters. (laughs) Yes. Probably. Yeah. Like, let's narrow it down there. Right. We shall narrow it down by saying, <laughs> okay. of the roommates, Cefeli and Jenin both had alibis. There okay. we go. Okay. Leaving, Makes it easier. Yes. Leaving Jesse as the primary suspect. So d- detectives interview him, right? They notice that he has what appeared to be a bite mark on his hand. Uh, bite mark. <gasps> Important. And what's within a bite mark? DNA. Dental records. Teeth marks. <laughs> Well, not them, but you can get a dental record from the teeth mark. I feel like we were both right there, and we were treated like we were wrong. Uh, Uh, There is DNA and dental records. (laughs) C, all of the above. 
Yes. Come to find out the bite marks are a match to Megan's teeth. There we go. Do you feel so, validated? Yes. I'm so glad that they were able to, able to solve this through her. I hate that that happened, but I'm glad they were able to figure it out. Jesse denies having anything to do with Megan's disappearance. Guess what, Jesse? Her teeth say otherwise. They agree, and they give him the night to really think hard about whether or not he might have been involved. Oh, they, they give, give him, him time to think about it. Yeah, and he ends up confessing the next day. He's like, yeah, they got me. Uh, they sure did. Literally, they did. What was his excuse? For having a seven-year-old bite mark on him. Oh, He, he said on his arm? He doesn't have one. Hand. It's on his hand. Oh, on his hand. He confessed and then led investigators to her body in Mercer County Park. Jesse shares that he had watched Megan play across the street and that as he did, he would get sweaty palms and his heart would race. I hate oh, him no. so much. In 1997, he was convicted of murder and initially sentenced to death and he appealed it. The case went to the New Jersey Supreme Court where they upheld the sentence. So he got the death penalty. He was on death row until 2007 when... New Jersey abolished capital punishment. So his sentence was then changed to life in prison without the possibility of parole, right? Okay. Okay. But during the investigation and the trial, they look further into his record and find that in 1979, he had assaulted a five-year-old girl after asking her to look for ducks with him. I hate him. Oh, my God. Okay. For this, he agreed to plead guilty to attempted sexual assault in exchange for a suspended sentence, which means no jail time, if he went to counseling. Oh, boy. Um, yeah. Okay. He did not go to counseling. And well, of course not. then spent nine months in an adult correctional center. Nine months for an attempted sexual assault of a five-year-old. Got it. Cool. After being released in 1981, Jesse lured a seven-year-old into the woods by... Uh, talking about firecra- firecrackers. Okay. He then attacked her and choked her, and whenever she turned blue, he left. But luckily, she was found alive by her mom. Wow. This time, he pled guilty to attempted sexual contact and attempting to cause serious bodily injury. The judge sentenced him to a maximum of 10 years and called him a compulsive, repetitive sexual offender who constitutes a danger to the public at large and to young children in particular. I agree with that judge. Sounds like it. He was sent to the Adult Diagnostic and Treatment Center in New Jersey where sex offenders were treated. While there, he reportedly had very little participation in the treatment program. One therapist described him as a whiner. No. That's not a clinical term, but okay. (laughs) Said he spent most of his time sleeping. Another therapist said she believed he would eventually commit another sex crime, but she didn't believe he would commit murder. Mm. Well, I mean, he hadn't done it yet, so. He strangled that girl, though, until she turned blue. Right, but I'm just saying I can see why they were like, he won't kill someone because he hadn't done it yet. So they probably didn't imagine he would resort to that. But he almost did. He almost did. But he wasn't even convicted of attempted murder. It was bodily harm. Still, I don't know. Sounds sketchy. High on the list of places not to make friends. This is where he met his two future roommates. At at this facility? Good fit. Yep. I love that they are roommates now. That's great. That's so great for the neighborhood. What's also great is that he was released less than seven years into a sentence. After not participating, it mm-hmm. sounds like. Cool. That's awesome. I did not know there... There was even like a facility like that for sex offenders. That is interesting. There was then. There was then. So after Nowadays, finding, I don't think there is. <laughs> after finding out 
all of this history and learning who was living in their neighborhood, Megan's family and the community were outraged that they had not been made aware of this information. So Megan's parents, they had lived in Hampton Township for ten year, for 16 years. They had no idea that a convicted sex offender lived so close, especially three of them just right across the street. They found this out after Megan's death. Yep. I'm taking it. Okay. So they said if they had known, they wouldn't have let their daughter play outside without supervision. And they and others wanted communities to have a way of knowing about local sex offenders. Is this oh. you talk about the origination of the registry? It's Megan's Law. I love this. Okay. So just three months after Megan's death in New Jersey, the governor signed Megan's Law, which mandated community notification of a sex offender if they moved into the neighborhood. But her, her parents didn't stop there. They advocated for other states to pass their own versions of Megan's Law. Richard Conca said, that's her dad, we all, we have said all along that no law is going to prevent every sexual assault on children, but if it saves one child, it'll be worth it. The Jacob Wetterling Crimes Against Children and Sexually Violent Offenders Act of 1994 called for registries of convicted sex offenders, but it didn't require community notification. So, in 1996, President Clinton signed a federal version of Megan's Law where each state could set their own parameters for notification, but all states had to have a registry that was available to the public so people could know when a sex offender moved nearby. In 2003, the United States Supreme Court ruled that information about potential predators may be publicly posted on the Internet. The Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act of 2006 and the Sex Offender Registry Notification Act expanded Megan's Law to establish uniformity across the states for registration requirements. In 2016, President Obama signed the International Megan's Law to prevent child exploitation and other sexual crimes through advanced notification of traveling sex offenders. That's the title. <laughs> that is a long title, Obama. It is. And this orders registered sex offenders to report international travel prior to departure and a notice of the conviction of sex offenses against a child to be included on their passport. So, for the sake of comprehension, opponents of these laws say that it violates the civil liber liberties of sex offenders, pose challenges to rehabilitation, and ends up punishing the offender twice for the same crime. Uh, nonetheless, Megan's Law and all other related laws remain in effect to this day. And that is the history of Megan's Law solved in part by a dental record. Very interesting. I hate it. I hate that it had to happen, of course, mm -hmm. uh, but it led to hopefully other children being saved. Yes. All right, guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week to our true crime episode by Boydson. You can always find us at thetipsyghost.com or with our socials link from there or send us an email at thetipsyghost at gmail.com. Please give us a five-star rating and a great review anywhere you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it and it really does help. All right, guys, thanks so much. We will catch you next week. Okay, bye. 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 